Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds at Denver Comic-Con 2015. We hope you enjoy the following interview. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2015. I am Ryan, and we are joined by an author. We don't get too many authors on here, so it's really exciting for us. Um, Why don't you tell everybody who you are and uh, what books you're writing? Hey, guys. So happy to be here. I'm Amelie Howard, and I'm the author of the Aquarothy series, which is about underwater dragons. I'm also the author of the Corinthus Curse series, which is about witches and vampires. I'm also the author of the Almost Girl series, which is about a girl uh, super soldier from a parallel universe. And lastly, Alpha Goddess, which was an Indian X pick last year that's uh, about a reincarnated Indian goddess. So you're a very prolific writer then. Well, I hope to be. <laughs> hope to be, you know. I write um, a draft pretty quickly so you know I try to keep myself busy and try to pump out books at a good rate because I know that's what the kids want. So uh, what is your process then for writing books because we have an English major in our booth and he doesn't write at all and we have a website so how do you go from I talk with my hands Um, how do you go from conception to a draft to a finished product and how do you get there, I guess, is my question. That's a great idea. I mean, sometimes you'll have an idea. It might come up, like, sitting in a Starbucks or literally walking around Denver Comic Con. You see somebody who's dressed up in cosplay, and you're like, wow, that could be a great villain. And suddenly you have a villain. And then an idea might come up. And what I do is I usually write it down. What if I dream about something? And I write it down. Then I write, like, just a sketch of where I think the outline's going to go. If it has legs, um, then it goes from, like, you know, three to four pages to, like, a 300-page book. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a process, and some of them don't turn out to be books just because they may not work, or you might get to a point where you're just blocked. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I do it. Do you come up with the ending first, or is it the whole story comes to you at once? For me, it's more about the, you know, the ending... I have to get there. I'm kind of like okay. what they call a pantser, so I write by the seat of my pants. So <laughs> I go, it. so I go where the the characters take me. Um, and sometimes if I have an outline and they don't want to go there, I just have to kind of do what they want. <laughs> and so then, how do you keep those from uh, going on too long? You know, one of my favorite uh, things to say is Stephen King's a good writer, except when he writes thousand page books. Oh yeah, the so tomes. how do, yes? So how do you keep the books? Gosh, see again. <laughs> Talk with my hands. I'm trying to knock over your mic. I know. Um, keep the books concise and fun without going on too long if you don't know where you're going right away. Right. Well, there's general guidelines. Uh-huh. I tend to write chapter to chapter. Okay. So, I mean, the general guideline for a young adult novel, uh, fiction novel, is 80 to 100,000 words. So I think, like, I'm really meticulous at sticking to where I think, you know, like a certain point, say if it's 50,000 word mark, where your, your mid, you know, arc should be, and then, or at the 
you know, 75,000 word mark where you should start winding down or actually go up to your, you know, finale and then start winding down. So I have a good idea of like where I should be from a page number perspective. So how do underwater dragons work? Underwater dragons are awesome. <laughs> so basically, I've always loved dragons and uh -huh. reading about them and, you know, watching any kind of movie about them. I mean, I read Aragon and watched it. Of course. It. Um, of course. And uh, I wanted to do something different. It was my take on mermaids. Um, and, you know, the Loch Ness Monsters, everybody thinks it's this big, ugly thing. And I wanted to make it beautiful mm -hmm. and have these, you know, this alien race that came to live on the Earth because their own planet got destroyed. Um, and so they've been living in the Earth's oceans for millennia, just hiding. Like, you know, James Cameron rent, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he, the Mariana Trench where yeah. he, you know, took the submarine down. Yeah. Basically, we don't even know what lives down there. So I was like, it was all of, uh, a bunch of what-if scenarios. What if this alien race lived in our oceans, we didn't know about them, they shifted into human forms, but in their natural habitat, they were these dragon-looking sea monster-type creatures. Very cool. So, also, too, why do you think YA books are not only popular with young adults, but also adults like me and things like that? What do you think the appeal of those books are? Um, I think YA fiction, you know, appeals to us, because for grown-ups especially, because we've already sort of gone through that. It's kind of like a way for, for me personally to reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. I go back, you know, see if I'd make different choices. I also like reading about first times, like, you know, the discovery of, like, finding out who you are, you know, I mean... At a, when you're a teenager, you really don't know who you are, and it's nice to kind of revisit that, see, would you make the same choices? Um, I do like reading adult fiction as well, mm -hmm. you know, but I think that's one of the compelling things about young adult fiction. And do you think uh, YA works so well, too? Because you just talked about how short chapters are, so people can get invested in the characters a lot quicker than, you know, a really long book that has drawn I out mean, characters. I there are some books that are super long as well. I, I think it's just a range, mm -hmm. um, depending on the story. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what I've seen in YA fiction is that the action starts right away. There's less buildup. You're just thrown into it, you know, pretty much like a teen's life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. You're like floundering. Oh my God, what's happening? So yeah. do you adhere to the classic rules of vampires and werewolves, or do, do they sparkle? I love vampires, and I'm an Anne Rice cultist. Like, oh, right on. Yeah. I met her a couple of years ago. Literally, I couldn't even stop fangirling. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But yeah, uh, they don't sparkle. So my I, my first book was actually Witches and Vampires and this giant, epic, cataclysmic war between them. And uh, yeah, they're they're pretty bloodthirsty. Still beautiful, but you know they that's how they draw their prey, you know, but they're still creatures of the night. They're always going to be it. creatures of the night. You know, that's the thing. I, I think I expect them to be evil. You know what I mean? I don't... I don't like good vampires. Yeah. I don't know. That's not me. Yeah. Uh, it's I think, like, you know, with my vampires, there's some redemptive qualities. Mm -hmm. I think they are very selfish creatures because that's, I mean, that's how I imagine them to be. Yeah. But, you know, with my main character in my first book, Bloodspell, he's really searching for redemption. He doesn't really want to be a vampire. Kind of like Louis from yeah. Interview with Vampire. Because, you know, you, you probably would get tired of being alive. You know, for so many years, for so many your years. unending existence. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's fun for the first like two hundred. Then you're like, I just want to sleep. But then you get great vampires <laughs> like Lestat, and you know who just loves Which being is, bad. Yeah, exactly, and he does it so well. He does. Oh. Did, did you love Tom Cruise in Interview with the Vampire? Um, I actually, I did love him, but I liked um, oh Stuart Townsend how he did in Queen of the Dam. Yeah. He just rocked that. He was just like awesome as Lestat. Yeah, they, they play a little more sexy. Yeah, you know, and he was like the rocker, and he did mm -hmm. the music. Yeah, no. Okay, enough about yeah. other people's work. Let's talk right. about yours. So, 
what is your favorite book that you've written that people should be able to get right now? Can we get them on Amazon and the Kindle store and all that jazz? Asking me what my favorite book is is like asking me <laughs> who my favorite child is. That's Come right. on. Okay. They won't hey, be that, okay. Um, what's a great starting point to, for someone to pick up some of your work? Then? I mean, it just depends what you like, right? Okay. Science fiction. Um, the Almost Girl is about uh, a girl super soldier from a parallel universe. So if you like Terminator, that's kind of like the, her world is basically just this completely burnt out post-apocalyptic type world. If you like fantasy, that's you know, and, and dragons or sea monsters. That's the Aquarathi series. Witches and Vampires, that's Bloodspell. If you want some diversity in your fiction, uh, my uh, Indian mythology book, which is Alpha Goddess, that was an Indian aspect, I'd say go there. I mean, people just, I think I write something different for everyone. And you do that too because you want to be, uh, keep yourself on your toes? Is that why you tackle so many different genres? I think it goes back to the question you asked me before. Do you get an idea and write it? I'm, mm. like, I'm like a very idea-driven person, so if I get an idea that I know hasn't been written before because, you know, it's pretty competitive in the publishing world. Yep. Um, that's when I go for it. So I didn't say the Indian mythology one. I didn't say, oh, this is like diverse fiction. Let me write that. That's my background. It was more of a, how can I take what I grew up with and make it interesting for anyone looking for something fresh on the table? So you mentioned it's competitive in the publishing world. Then how do you make your voice heard? Because, you're, I mean, I can go on Kindle, and there's so many books now right. from just people like, oh, I'm going to put a book on Kindle, and it doesn't matter who you are. Yep. So how do you stand out, and how do you make sure that people can find you? And So everyone says the first rule of Fight Club, oh, wait, sorry. The first rule <laughs> of book writing is, uh, you know, write a good story. Uh -huh. If you write a good story, people will read your books. Publishers will buy your books. You'll get an agent. You know, I have an agent um, who is actively selling my work. Um, but, I mean, a lot of it is exposure and meeting mm -hmm. people and word of mouth. If you don't have a publisher that has thousands of dollars behind you, you have to go to events like, you know, Denver Comic Con. You have to go to, you know, book events like RT or BEA, Book Expo America, and meet network, meet other authors, meet other publicists, meet other publishing, you know, professionals. What advice would you give to any aspiring authors then trying to publish Besides grassroots marketing, yep. um, you know, writing a book and stuff. The best advice that I would give is one, you know, is some that I was given, which is never give up. This is a really hard business where you feel like if, if you completed a book, it's a great achievement, but people give up because there's so many no's. You got to take the no's and run with it and either find another way to publish. I mean, the, the publishing landscape is changing so much with, you know, self-publishing avenues and there's no stigma associated with it. You just do it. A lot of people like the freedom, the creative license you get to, you know, do your own covers and all that stuff. You don't have a traditional publisher behind you. Um, I'm traditionally published um, and it's been great working on with three different publishers. It's, it's kind of a different experience. Um, but back to the, the question, I would also say, you know, just believe in yourself and I know it sounds really cliche but if you don't believe in yourself like you're not gonna go anywhere and don't ever take no for an answer seriously yeah you're and, gonna get a lot yeah and you know I think you just touched on something there you know you have to believe in yourself and what you're doing because if you don't believe in yourself then your story's gonna suffer right yeah and do you find it harder because you're a, a young woman in publishing is it harder for women to break through the book world as you know, it is everywhere else this question is like killer for me because so YA fiction is primarily there are a lot of female authors because they're all writing about teen girls right mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're a man actually in writing YA fiction you do get a lot more attention and I mean maybe I'll get a lot of fire for saying that but it's true I mean I love John Green his books are awesome but he's like you know people called him at one time the savior of YA he's not the savior of YA 
Yeah. There are a lot of women authors who are phenomenal who, you know, should get that same level of attention. And how do you present yourself then as a role model for women writers? Because, right. you know, it's, it's right because I, I always see the struggle with women trying to break through and it just does seem a lot more difficult. Right. And I mean, how do you balance the two and how do you, you know, like, this is what I can do and you can do it too without people getting discouraged? Yeah, I mean, I try to help anyone who will ask for help. Like, I need um, some writing advice. I need, how do I get an agent? How do I go about, you know, getting my book out there? What's your marketing strategies? I mean, I'll talk to anyone about anything because there were a lot of really awesome authors who were very open to helping me when I first started. So it's like quid pro quo, quid, quid pro quo. you just want to give back. Um, I think it is tough sometimes because it can be competitive, but I'm lucky that the people I've met have been so supportive, so I, in turn, also want to be supportive. Very cool. Very <laughs> but cool. But that sounded like a total weirdo. No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> Amelie, where can we find you and where can we fi buy your books? So I'm, uh, my website is AmelieHoward.com. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, anywhere. I'm everywhere. Nice. Um, and you can get my books at any bookseller, um, Barnes & Noble, any independent booksellers, which I strongly push because independent booksellers are amazing. Um, and they really help you know promote like local authors. Um, and also Amazon. Very cool. And, you know, uh, Tattered Cover in Denver then. Tattered if, Cover, love that bookstore. Yeah, it's a They're great amazing. store. They're amazing, yep. Um, thank you for taking time to talk to us today. It's really fascinating. I love talk talking to new people and... Is there anything else we can do for you? No, thank you, you for having me. Oh. This was awesome. Thank you for was... being on time. <laughs> yes. It was, it was amazing. I, I was, you know, I, like I said earlier, I was freaking out. I'm like, do I need to go over there? Because I, everything's been so, like, <laughs> right, up chaotic. Right, yeah. And then you showed up like, like an angel. Do I get a prize? Uh, yeah. Besides you calling me an angel. Uh, no, um, awesome. <laughs> here's something to remember us by. This is our pod Ooh. show on Blu-ray. It's a oh, web fantastic. series. Uh, enjoy it or throw it away. Either way. I will never throw this away. Enjoy. Now you'll always. I can actually make you guys sign the cover of this for me. Sweet. We will Woo. do that. Um, enjoy the Real Nerds Pod Show Season 1. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks stopping for by. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this exclusive Real Nerds interview at Denver Comic Con 2015. And we'll see you next year. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.